Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Romans chapter 10. Do you love God's Word tonight? Are you excited about it? Do you always want more and more of God's Holy Word? Praise God. If that's your heart's desire, then you'll not be disappointed because God, or, God will answer your heart's desire. He'll see to it that He unveils His Word to your spirit. He'll see to it that by His Spirit He enlarges your capacity to receive revelation knowledge. He'll see to it that you are quickened according unto His holy written Word from glory unto glory that you are changed. Thank God for His Word that He sent forth to deliver us from all of our afflictions. Thank God that His Word is so good. I'm grateful tonight. Aren't you thankful tonight for the revelation of truth? What a blessing. What a blessing we have before us. The words of God. And we're not deluded and we're not deceived. We know that these are the words that come from God. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Aren't you joyful for that tonight? Thanks be to God we have His holy written Word. You know, we can make out of it whatever we desire. If we want to go all the way with God, if we want to experience the fullness of the blessings of God, we can. Or we can just walk away from it all. But beloved, He wants us to go on all the way. He doesn't want us to walk away from truth. He wants us to walk in the light of truth. He wants us to maintain that walk of faith, a strong, vigorous walk of faith. Praise God. That's how His will is accomplished in the earth, primarily through His Word. Thank God for the other, uh, other ways that He manifests Himself. But primarily, my brother and sister, He manifests Himself through His Word. He sent His Word. His Word He sent forth. His Word delivers. His Word sets us free. Amen. It's His Word that should have first place within our lives. And I thank God that it does. And it's growing in us mightily. Father, we now give You thanks for Your holy written Word. We come before Your presence in Jesus' name to study it. We will not be distracted. Holy Spirit, guide us into all the truth. Unveil to our spirits the deep, rich treasures that are in the Word of God. Enable us to be changed from glory to glory. Quicken Thou us according unto the Word. Our ears are attentive. Our hearts are receptive. Our minds are open. We will not be distracted. We thank You, dear Father God, for utterance, that I may boldly proclaim the truth of the Word in demonstration of the Spirit of power, that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 10. We'll get there in a minute. There's going to come a day. There's coming a day. Let's put it that way. When there'll be a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Renovated earth. Thank God for the new heaven and the new earth. There's coming a day. When we will have glorified bodies that are not subject to sickness and disease and death. Immortal, not mortal bodies. There is coming a day, not too far off, when Satan, the enemy of all mankind and of God, will be finally eliminated from all human contact. Be a glorious day. But we're not looking that far off into the future, are we? We're still walking in this world 
facing the spirit of this world. We're still living in these bodies that are mortal, bodies that can be attacked with sickness and with disease. And we still are facing an enemy who is roaming about like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour or whoever allows him to devour them. That's what he's doing. So you know what? In order for us to overcome in all these areas of life, it is essential that we develop our personal faith in the living God. Make note of it in your heart and in your mind that we'll never have permanent success over these forces, the world, the devil, and the flesh, without developing personal faith in the living God. It's the only way we will have permanent success in these three areas, over these three forces, developing our personal faith in the living God. Thank God for all the other ways He helps us. Thank God for the manifestations of the Spirit. But you see, we want to learn how to maintain permanent deliverance, permanent help in all these areas of life. Well, that means we're going to have to be diligent in seeking the Lord through His Word. Diligence is rewarded, the Bible says. If we are diligent to seek, we will find. If we are diligent to study in the Word of God, we'll obtain faith. If we are persistent in our study life, in our prayer life, we will reap rich dividends. It pays off. There's no question about it. We will be changed. We will have great faith. We will walk in great faith. We'll rise up above the clouds of adversity. We'll overcome all the forces of evil. Just as the Bible teaches us, we're more than conquerors through Him that loves us. Not just partial conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Him that loves us. Thanks be to God who always causes our lives to be a continual pageant of triumph, diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. For greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And no weapon formed against us can prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against us in judgment is condemned. Because this is the heritage of the children of the Most High God. For our righteousness is of Him. Thanks be to God that this is the Word of the Lord. This is the Word that's been tested and tried and found to be good and trustworthy and faithful and true. Thanks be to God for the Word. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love, redeemed from the curse of the law. Thanks be to God for all these glorious truths. They're ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. We must develop our personal life of faith. You see, our faith will never get us off the ground, my brother and sister, unless we begin to understand the combined law of faith and confession. What I just did was an illustration of what we need to continue to do on a daily basis, on a day-by-day basis, in order for our faith to get us to rise up above the law of sin and death. There are two laws that are in operation in the earth today. There is the law of sin and death, and that law is automatic in operation. don't have to do anything. Just exist, and you'll find it work against you every day of your life. It will. Just exist. But there is also the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that liberates us, makes us free from this law of sin and death. But this law is not automatically set in motion. This law must be set in motion through the wisdom of God by the faith of the child of God. And if we would be diligent to find out how this law operates through the combined law of faith and confession, 
then it would not be very long before we would begin to rise up to a place where this law would absolutely in reality free us from the operation of the law of sin and death, enabling us to experience life in abundance, not only in spirit, but also in soul and also in our physical body. That's what our desire is. That's what our desire should be. We should want to experience the best that God has to offer. Not just His good will for our lives, not just His acceptable will for our lives, but His perfect will for all of our lives, which includes experiencing the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it can only be achieved by personal faith in the living God. As Jesus said, according unto your faith, so be it done unto you. So, what I want us to do is look here in Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse 8. And what I want us to do is to see how these scriptures explain to us the fact that faith is a combined law, including confession. It's not just faith to believe from your heart. It includes also confession so that we not only believe from the heart, the Scriptures, but we confess with our mouth the same Scriptures, and they become creative force and ability to accomplish the purpose of the Father's will. But what saith it? In verse 8, The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and... With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, these scriptures explain this combined law. It deals with both the heart and the mouth of the individual. It is called the word of faith that is not only in our heart, but also in our mouth. It is working on the heart to get the heart to believe right, it is working on the tongue to get the mouth to speak right. For when the proper information of God's Word is fed into the heart of the individual, and that person begins to speak forth boldly to proclaim out of his spirit and with his mouth that revelation truth, then the combined law of faith and confession does exactly what the law of thrust and lift does to the law of gravity. It causes a gigantic airplane jet to rise up, although it's so heavy it should not fly, but it causes it to rise up to a place above the clouds where it can actually defy the law of gravity, override the law of gravity. And as long as the law of thrust and lift stays in operation, that airplane will rise up above the clouds and stay there. But the moment something goes wrong, the law of gravity will go into effect and bring it back down. And of course, you wouldn't want to be in the plane when that happened, would you? But you see, beloved, if there are natural laws, there are also spiritual laws. And the spiritual law of faith and confession works the same way. It involves the very heart and the mouth of the child of God. And when the heart can get hooked up with the mouth, and the mouth can get hooked up with the heart. There is enough creative ability and force in that operation. It can actually take one out of the kingdom of darkness and place that same one to the kingdom of light. And when further 
understood and appropriated or applied in the life of that child of God, it can continue to work that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in his or her life to the degree it will affect that person's mind and affect that person's body with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's not automatic. It takes comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. It takes revelation of the knowledge of God. It takes diligence to enter into it. But, beloved, it pays rich dividends and great rewards. And so we want to look further into that law. Now, let me explain how it happens in a new birth. Here is a person who is bound up by spiritual death. Bound up by the forces of darkness. Bound up by spiritual death. Spiritual death lodges itself inside that person's spirit. They're doomed. He comes into contact with someone who has the word of faith. And that person begins to share the word of truth. Something begins to take place inside that person's heart. Although spiritual death is gripping him. Although it has a hold of his life. Although it does not want to let go. Spiritual death wants to finish its, finish its course and take that person into the lake of fire. That person heard the word. Faith came. Faith came to the heart. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There it was. But that same instructor said, now you've got to confess your faith in God's word. You've got to make a break from the lordship of Satan. You've got to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. And that same person, out of a heart of faith, begins to boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is my Savior, that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And right then, the operation of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus begins to take place. God, by His Spirit, moves upon the very heart of that individual. That person becomes a child of God. And all the powers of darkness, all the forces of hell we're not able to hold that person in spiritual death. That's how powerful this law is. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a higher law than the law of sin and death. And when set in motion, all the forces of darkness, all the demons of hell cannot prevent it from fulfilling the Father's will in our lives. Now look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 23. Because the same truth is outlined in this passage of Scripture. But in this passage of Scripture, we'll understand that it's not just talking about using the same law to overcome spiritual death. Even in Romans chapter 10, the heart believes, the mouth confesses unto salvation. Salvation is an all-inclusive word. And it means total deliverance for the total man in spirit, soul, and body. Wholeness, soundness, preservation. It provides everything. And this is the way it comes. It comes by believing in the heart, by speaking with the mouth. Speaking with the mouth, believing with the heart. Not just to cause one to be recreated in spirit, but also to overcome all the different mountains that we face in life. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 23, Jesus said... And he's a pretty good authority to quote. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be, not, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. 
In other words, when it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to finances and everything else that we need from God, if we have a mountain standing in our way, preventing us from receiving what rightfully belongs to us as the children of the Most High God, when the law of sin and death is standing before us as a stubborn, immovable mountain, Jesus said, look to your heart and look to your mouth. And put my word in your heart and put my word in your mouth. And you begin to believe from your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass. And that mountain will be removed from your life. And deliverance will come. And healing will come. And finances will come. And your needs will be met. This is the way of God. For the just shall live by faith. But once again, it is setting in motion the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus by acting on the combined law of faith and confession. And what I would like to do at this point is to share some things with you that we have discovered about faith and confession. Make note of this if you're taking notes. Number one, the heart is like a computer that can be programmed, that can be deprogrammed and reprogrammed. The heart or the spirit of man is like a computer that can be programmed, deprogrammed, and reprogrammed. Jesus was talking about the heart. Jesus was talking about the mouth. Paul was talking about the condition of the heart. Paul was talking about the mouth. Talking about what we believe in our spirit, what we say with our mouth. Letting us leading us to believe that there is a confession of the heart, there is a confession of the mouth. When these two confessions agree and they both embrace the Word of the living God, then creative ability will be produced. Why? To set in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Why? To lift us up above the law of sin and death. Why? To accomplish the purpose of the Father's will in all of our lives. This is the primary way that God is going to enable us to experience the best that He has provided for us. And the heart part of it, the heart, that is the spirit on the inside of it, involves this, these statements. The heart is like a computer. It can be programmed. Let's start with that. It can be programmed. And that means when a person is born again, comes to God, he is a child of God, born of the Spirit of God, that spirit man has to be taught. It must be programmed with the Word of God. The Word must be taught to that person's spirit if he or she is going to grow and develop and obtain great faith. There are a lot of things that we do not know even though we've been born again. For example, there I was, a child of God, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. My daughter was already healed of a, of a terrible fall. But I never thought to ask the Lord about us not being able to have children. My spirit didn't need deprogrammed. I believed in healing. But I did not realize that it was the will of the Father God for us to have children because I thought that since I had one, that was enough. But a fellow believer came up to me and just shared with me the Scriptures that told me or that taught me or programmed my spirit properly to believe that it was the will of God for me to have children, more children. And so when I was programmed with that word of truth, that knowledge went into my spirit. 
I was working in a mill crane. I was beginning to shout with joy. On the inside of my spirit, I had joy unspeakable and full of glory. I knew on the inside that I was programmed with the Word of God, which was the will of God. And all that was left to do was to go home and lay my hands upon my wife and she'd be healed and delivered and set free. But the only thing that was stopping me from going was I wasn't done working yet. And I don't think they would have allowed me to go for that particular reason. But I want you to know that I went, and I went aglow in the power of the Spirit because my, my spirit man, the computer on the inside of me, was programmed properly with the Word of God. And I just went as quickly as I could, as fast as I could, got the Word of God out, showed it to her, prayed with her, and, the, and it's history now. We've got children. Thank God for our two boys. We rejoice in it. But I want you to see that because all my spirit needed was programmed, and that's easy. It's easier to program someone's spirit than it is to deprogram and reprogram someone's spirit. You see, there are those that were not as blessed who, after they were born again, they sat under some bad teaching. And because of improper teaching regarding sickness and disease and deliverance and, and the power of God and miracles and all that, many saying that miracles were past, that healing is not for today, that deliverance is not for today, that God will save you, but that's about it. And so their spirit, man, got programmed improperly. And you see, their spirit's like a computer. Whatever you put into it is what's going to come out of it. That's just like a computer. It doesn't have a mind of its own. What you put in is what's going to come out. And so they had that wrong teaching put inside their spirit, put inside their spirit, put inside their spirit, put inside their spirit. It took hold inside their spirit. It began to pour forth out of their spirit. That's what they believed in, and that's what they got. According to your faith, so be done to you. That's what they said. That's what they spoke out. Deliverance is not for today. Healing is not for today. So when it came time to be healed, they said, Oh, Lord, heal me if it's your will. But healing is not for today. Deliverance is not for today. And so what did they experience? What they programmed themselves with. That's what they experienced. And do you know what, beloved? Instead of activating the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, they were in cooperation with the law of sin and death, working against themselves and working against the operation of the power of God. The heart is like a computer. It needs programmed when you're first saved. But I'll tell you, if you sit under some wrong teaching, it needs deprogrammed before it can be reprogrammed. And what do you have to do with someone like that? You've got to sit them down around the Word of God. They've got to hear the Word of God by day and hear the Word of God by night. They've got to get a hold of the proper hearing of God's holy written Word so that they can overcome. I'm going to show you a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 pertaining to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God that are pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against knowledge of God, bringing captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Verse 6. Having in a readiness to revenge all mishearing when your proper hearing, hearkening, is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 10.6. I want you to get this. Satan produces strongholds in the lives of the people of God by injecting into their spirits wrong teaching. The doctrines of devils. And when the ears of the saints of God hear what is the spirit of error, their spirit man will be programmed to believe wrong and their mishearing will put them in bondage. That's what this is saying. 
We've got to have an accurate understanding of the revelation of truth so that we can then overcome our mishearing by the fulfillment of properly hearing and hearkening to the Word of the Lord. And this is a weapon of our warfare. If Satan is holding us in fearful bondage and sickness and disease and oppression and all that sort of thing, then we've got to get our hearing right. We've got to become accurate in our understanding of the revelation of truth and then begin to compute that into our spirit. But first of all, we've got to deprogram people. We've got to get that out of them and then replace that with the revelation of truth so that their spirit men can be then reprogrammed properly and they'll be avenged of all their mishearing. They'll rise up to a place where they pull down those strongholds that the devil has built up in their lives. I've seen it happen. I've seen people who were taught wrong and you just come and share with them the revelation of truth. And if they were humble and teachable inside their spirits, their spirits just computed that. Just took that right on in. I'll tell you what, it made a difference in their lives. They, why? In one instance, this person just was totally delivered and set free because they had properly heard the Word of God. This one fellow I was working down the mill. You know, he, he must have thought I was some kind of lunatic. Because here, here he was, he's a child of God. He's a he, lots, you know, longer than I was saved. And he's about to go home. I said, where are you going? He says, I'm going home for today. I said, what's the matter? He says, I've got the flu coming upon me. I'm in my stomach. I'm nauseated. And all, this, all these symptoms come upon my body. I said, what do you want to go home for? He said, I just got out. I don't feel well. I feel, feel terrible. I'm going to go home and, and fight this thing. And I said, we could pray right now in Jesus' name. And every one of those symptoms would be gone. Because Mark 11:23 says, you speak to that mountain in Jesus' name. It's got to go. It cannot stay. He just looked at me. Probably felt bad because he wanted to go home. I mean, I had to get out of work the rest of the day. But they kind of took him back and I said, well, let's do it. It's great to be on fire with God. It's great to have the Word of God burning in our bones. We don't want to leave it there. Get it out and minister it to somebody. Hallelujah. And I did lay my hand on him and said, in Jesus' name, you've got to go. Be removed and cast into the sea. Rebuke you. Never went home, that fellow. Finished out the day. Delivered and set free by the power of God. Thanks be to God. When we properly hear what the Word has to say and properly act upon it, tremendous results. It sets in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It makes us free from the law of sin and death. So the heart's like a computer. It can be programmed and should be programmed properly so that it doesn't have to be deprogrammed and reprogrammed with the right information. Another thing, write it down. Our words are containers, we discovered. They are containers of life or of death. They can transmit the spirit of faith or fear or truth, or error. Our words are containers of either life or death. They can transmit the spirit of faith or fear, truth, or error. We have learned the importance of words. For Jesus says, if you believe that what you say will come to pass, if you believe from your heart that needs programmed, that what you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. If that mountain is there and it refuses to move, don't you move. You say, I've been in this for a year, I've been in this for two years. Well, I've got a message for you in a little bit. And it hasn't worked in my life yet. Don't be moved. Don't let you allow the devil to distract you from growing in your faith in God. There is no other way 
you're going to grow. So you might as well settle down, get a hold of it, and say, Praise God, I will not stop doing the Word of God until it becomes effective in my life. I will not quit till I rise up in the name of Jesus above the law of sin and death and operate in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes me free. I'm a diligent person. I am not slothful. I am not lazy. I am diligent to study the Word of God, to protect my spirit, to boldly proclaim my faith. For my words are words of faith and words of power, and my words transmit faith and transmit truth. So that means this. Whatever our spirit keeps hearing our mouth say will transmit the spirit of faith to us or fear. Transmit the spirit of truth to us or error. That's why our confession is of utmost importance. It's not just what we believe down here. It's also what we say here. Because what we say here will affect what we believe down here. That's just how it goes. That's just how it works. We didn't write the book. We're just talking about it. That's what Jesus said. And so you see then, words can transmit these things, these forces, for they are containers. Now the next thing is, found in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. And we'll say it this way. What we deposit into our heart will eventually be brought forth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When a person is born again, becomes a child of God, the kingdom of God and its operation is not in full effect inside that person's spirit. It's not fully in operation. As a matter of fact, it's the smallest of all things that's in operation. Because you see, people are still given over to the spirit of the world. And people are still being dominated by the forces of, of death. Fear. Death. Anxiety. Worry. And all those things dominate the very heart and the mouth of, of even the children of God. Because many have failed to recognize this law, this combined law of faith and confession, so their hearts have never developed, their spirits have never developed in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In the Scriptures here, Jesus is once again talking about the heart of the individual. Look at verse 33. Either make the tree good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. Now, He's talking about the heart. He's talking about the mouth. We have the ability to make the heart and mouth good or bad. It's up to us. To produce life or to produce death. It's up to us. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good deposits, the word treasure is deposits of the heart, bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure or deposits of his heart, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on a day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Notice he's talking about the heart and the mouth. He's talking about making your life good or making your life bad. Evil. There's good and there is evil. The Lord says, I place before you life and death, good and evil, blessing and cursing. Choose ye. Well, how do I choose to make the tree good and its fruit good? This is how. I choose by as an act of my will depositing good things inside my computer spirit. 
so that my computer spirit can be properly programmed and then I could set in motion the operation of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And if I will continue to in abundance speak forth this operation into my heart, it will not be very long before we'll begin to operate 30-fold, 60-fold, you ready for it? 100-fold in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. No, we don't start off right there on a hundredfold. But, beloved, we start off down here on the bottom rung. We understand this revelation. We understand this operation. And we become a diligent people to boldly speak these truths of God's Word, depositing them into our spirit so that it is programmed with, a, with abundance of life, so that we go about and continue to speak life out of our mouths, so that good things may be brought forth, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of those we come in contact with. So once again, here we see it's important that we do something with our heart, do something with our mouth, so that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus can be set in motion and lift us up above the law of sin and death. Now notice another thing. Confession is another thing we've discovered. Confession means more than verbal agreement. Confession means more than verbal agreement. We've heard of mental assent. We've heard of agreeing with the Word of God verbally. There are those who complain that the Word is not working in their lives, although they have confessed it or although they have spoken it. But the important truth behind this is this, beloved. Confession means more than verbal agreement. By definition, confession, here it is, means to declare boldly by speaking out freely. To declare boldly by speaking out freely. It means to say the same thing or speak the same thing. Such confession being the effect of deep conviction of facts. Such confession being based on or the effect of Deep conviction of facts. Here's why so many missed it in what was called or termed the faith movement. Faith and confession movement. Because they went around hearing what other people said. They went around from seminar to seminar to convention to convention hearing truths that were being spoken from the pulpits. But those truths were being brought forth from individuals who were speaking forth those same truths in their own spirits, programming their spirit men on the inside to operate in this high law of the spirit of life. These people heard it, got a glimpse of it, and they went off speaking out all these things that were true as far as agreeing with the Word of God was concerned, but their confession was not based on personal Deep personal conviction of facts. They didn't expose their hearts to the truth. They didn't allow that revelation of truth to be built inside their spirit. They were mocking. They were mimicking. They were copying, parroting someone else and what they believed and trying to get the same results by just a verbal confession. And beloved, it does not work that way. 
No, we have discovered that confession is more than verbal agreement. It involves digging deep. It involves work. It involves diligence. It involves labor to research the Word of God for ourselves, to discover what it says, and then to take those Scriptures, put them inside the heart, program that Spirit, so the Spirit out of its abundance will bring forth a bold confession of something we know to be true. Not something we heard somebody else say. Something we know to be true. And there's where we get our second part of our confession. It means this. Our definition of confession. It means this. To affirm what we believe. Testifying to what we know. And witnessing for a truth we have embraced. It's affirming something we believe. Not something someone else believes. It is testifying to what we know personally about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the plan of redemption, about the Word of God to be true. It is witnessing for a truth that we have embraced in our own lives. That's what confession really is. That's what it's all about. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of Brother So-and-So's testimony. Right? That's not right, is it? We overcome the blood of the Lamb and by the word of sister so-and-so's testimony. No. We overcome by the blood. What does that mean? It means all that the blood represents. All that the blood obtained for us in eternal redemption. All that the blood stands for. We overcome by researching it, by digging into the Word of God, finding out what the blood provides for you and what it provides for me. And me personally digging into the Word of God, putting it inside my heart and rising up to a place that I embrace those truths. And because I'm so full of those truths, out of the abundance of my heart, I begin to boldly proclaim something I know to be true. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of my testimony. Hallelujah. See, this is not something you can run with. This is not something you can just take a chunk out of your spirit and say, Here, sister, here, brother, you can't do that. This requires diligence on the part of the individual, and there is no other way. There was a misrepresentation of truth, and that's why many fell off the deep end when it came to the faith movement. Just out there copying somebody else, saying what somebody else said, and doing what others are doing, but it's not a true confession of faith from their heart. Next, are you ready for it? I don't know what number it is. It's probably five, somewhere around there. The next thing that we discover to be true is the fact that there is little or no creative ability manifested. There is little or no creative ability manifested when we first begin to confess the Word of God. There is little or no creative ability manifested when we first begin to confess the Word of God. In other words... We begin to make our confessions of faith, and in the first phase of our confession of faith, the work is being wrought in our spirit. It is not bringing forth creative ability to change the situations or the circumstances that surround us. In the first phase, we are feeding our spirit man faith from God's holy word. I call it the confession unto faith. 
or the confession that brings faith into my spirit. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The confession that brings faith into my spirit. I confess to my spirit with my voice through my ears. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I confess to my spirit. The first phase of confession is sowing the seed of God's Word into my spirit over and over and over and over again, programming my spirit in the Word of God so that my spirit can be filled with and full of the Word of God. And then as I continue to speak the Word of God, my faith becomes effectual. That the, uh, that the faith that is being produced into my spirit can produce a creative ability that will set in motion the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and achieve the Father's will in our lives. That the communication of my faith becomes effectual by my acknowledging every good thing in me in Christ Jesus, Philemon 6. How does my faith become effectual? By my acknowledging every good thing that is in me in Christ Jesus. We make that first phase of confession an experience of programming our heart. Our spirit man begins to become alive with the Word of God. It is quickened by the Spirit of God. The Word becomes a life-giving force, a living thing, energizing, sharper than any two-edged sword. Active. And all of a sudden, out of the heart's abundance, it begins to bring forth creative ability that will blow away the mountains, that will uproot the tree of bitterness and unforgiveness, and bring healing to the body, deliverance to the mind, enabling us to go forth in the power of the Spirit to lay hands on the sick that they may recover. So the first phase is not one that produces creative ability. The first phase is one that programs the Spirit. The Spirit man gaining revelation knowledge of the Word of God, faith being the result, being built up and built up and built up in faith, until finally it produces creative ability. And before I go on to the next one, I need to say this. This is why many of us were called upon to go to a certain individual who was dying of this or dying of that, did our best to get these people delivered and set free, and yet failed. Because, you see, many had the idea that what we possess is some kind of magical something. Some kind of wand that you can just go and take and wave over someone who is about to die. Someone who is terminal. Someone who is incurable. Someone who is at the point of death. Well, beloved, let's make a note of this in our hearts. This is the way that God has provided for all of us as individuals to enter into His perfect will. And to experience His best for our lives. But to take this message... And to give it to somebody who is in a terminal state or condition. There may not be time for this message to find its lodging inside that person's heart. To get that person delivered and set free from that condition that's in their body. Because if that condition is in its advanced stages, then all of a sudden there's not enough time for that spirit to respond to the programming of God's Word. See, if it doesn't come by the working of miracles, if it doesn't come by the gifts of healings, if it doesn't come by one of those workings of God's Spirit, if it doesn't come by the anointing of God being in manifestation, then it's got to come by the word of faith. And that requires the spirit of the individual to respond to the word of God.
Now, you remember Dr. Lillian B. Oman, she was an individual who took upon herself uh, the responsibility of taking in people who were incurable, dying with tuberculosis. And by her own admission, those who came who had time to confess the Word of God by day and by night over and over and over and over and over again, when the Word of God finally found its lodging inside the Spirit and the Spirit responded, they rose up off that deathbed completely healed and whole. But she said when they came in and they could not by day and night confess the Word of God inside their spirit, they died. What was the difference between the two? Between those who, who were saved and spared and those who didn't die and those who did die. There wasn't time. There wasn't time to get the Word of God inside the Spirit. See, the, see, beloved, it works. It works, but it has divine law. It cannot operate apart from divine law. If we can get it inside that person's spirit, we need their cooperation. It'll work for them. But very often, it's very difficult to do that. And that's why in some cases, we were just thankful to God that they got saved. Thank God they got saved. It's still not a defeat. Thank God they got saved. They didn't experience God's best to be delivered and totally set free, but thank God they got saved. Are you rejoicing in that they got saved? I thank God they got saved. But what did God that they got saved and got this message of faith before being attacked with sickness or disease? Okay, let's go on. Another thing. It takes time for the Word to be conceived in the heart. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. We have found out or discovered that it takes time for the Word of God to be conceived in the heart and that once the heart has been programmed with the Word, it must be diligently protected because of all the opposing forces that confront us in the world. The next thing we discovered is that it takes time for the Word of God to be conceived inside the heart. And once the Spirit has been programmed, then it must be diligently protected because of all the opposing forces that are out there in the world endeavoring to choke the Word out of our heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22 says it like this, My son, attend to my words. How? By inclining thine ears unto my saying. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Give me a listening ear. Give me an ear that will properly hear what I have to say. I want your spirit, man. I want your ear to be the door, doorway into your spirit so I can get inside your spirit and produce faith inside your heart. My son, attend to my words. Diligently attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Get my word in your ear. Get my word in your eye. and Keep it in your ear and keep it in, in your eyes. Keep it in the forefront of your mind, in other words. He's saying this. Listen to it and meditate upon it. Listen to it and meditate upon it. Keep it going over and over in your mind, over and over and over again. Keep it in your ear. Keep it in your mind. We have so many distractions, my brother and sister. You know, it's okay if you're not terminal and you, and you have all kinds of distractions. I mean, if you're not terminal and you, there's a lot of distractions that are out there and maybe you don't apply yourself as much. But let me tell you something. And I've been there with people. It doesn't work this way. That you walk in, share the Scriptures, and walk out, and a miracle occurs. It works this way. You get everything else out of your life. Everything else that distracts out of your life. I'm talking about if you're terminal. I'm talking about if you've been given a sentence of death. If there's any chance, if there's any hope, unless there's a, a working of miracles or a gift of, of healings, get everything else out of your life. Concentrate on getting the Word of God in your ears. 
Concentrate on getting the Word of God before your mind. So that that same Word will be protected diligently in your heart. Look it. It said there, Incline thine ears to my sayings, let not depart from before your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart. Then those words become life, in verse 22, to those that find them, and health unto all of their flesh. What a marvelous truth. We cannot walk away from that truth and say, well, it might work for some. No, no, no. It works for those who hear. It works for those who meditate. It works for those who put the Word of God inside their heart and they protect it. Verse 23, protect your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. It's life to those that find them. Health in all their flesh. And you know, for the most part, I understand they may be in pain, in agony. But if, we, if they want help, if we want to be able to help them, we have done this so many times, crying out of our spirits, can we reach their spirit in time? Can we get the word of faith in them in time? But very often, it's too late. But there have been times that it hasn't been too late. And people have been delivered and set free. And you know what? We don't get discouraged and we do not quit. We keep right on teaching the same revelation, right on teaching the same message of truth. Because you know why? There will be always those who do not get it, and there will be always those who do get it. And thank God for the ones we were able to help. Amen. And as long as we got the other ones saved, they're in glory. Hallelujah. Make sure you note this. Our level of faith is not automatically maintained. Our level of faith is not automatically maintained. Why? Because we are constantly exposed to negative forces. We are constantly using our faith. And in order to maintain a high level of faith, it is essential that we maintain a bold, vigorous confession of faith. Last year, you may have risen up to a place in faith where you had a a miracle of healing or a miracle in your finances or a miracle for this or a miracle for that. You know, one year later, your faith level can be down here that you can't believe for that same thing again. Did you know that? That's an absolute fact. Unless we maintain our confession, we will not maintain our possession of that level of faith. And there's no other way but to go put gas back in the car. There's no other way to go put food back into the belly. There's no other way but to put money back in your checking account if you're going to write out checks. There's no other way but to get the Word of God deposited back into our heart through bold confession of faith in God's Word so our level of faith will rise up. Just like that needle on the gas tank. Just like the the figure on your account. Just like your belly getting full. Same thing. Another thing. We have discovered that meditation in the Word of God is the first step toward making ourselves successful with God. And I want you to turn to Psalms, if you would please, uh, 119. We have discovered that meditation in the Word of God is the first step toward making ourselves successful with God and in the operation of this law of the Spirit of life. Joshua was told in Joshua 1.8. Don't have to turn to it. Just write it down if you don't know it or make a note of it while you're turning to Psalm 119. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein by day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Notice those three things. Talk the Word. Meditate the Word. Do the Word. Talk, meditate, do. The Word equals. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Then. 
We have discovered that meditation in the Word of God. You see this. Talking the Word, muttering the Word, going over the Word, pouring over the Word, keeping the Word in the forefront of our minds so it slips down to our heart, enables us to be doers of the Word of God, which translates into prosperity and success. I want you to see that this was the reason for the success of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know this, this, the writer here is speaking probably of himself, but I also believe he's speaking about some other who was to come. I believe he's speaking about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 97 of Psalms 119. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ meditated in the law of the Father all day long. Do you think that? I know that. He was always about his father's business. Everywhere he went, he had his father's word. Everything he did with his father in work, he had his father's word in the forefront of his mind. How, how do you know that? Well, let's read on. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. And they were ever with him, trying to dispute everything he said, trying to fuss with him and fight with him. But every time his enemies surrounded him, he came back with words of wisdom that the enemy could not gain sin or resist. They said, never has a man spoken words like this man. Even his enemies were confounded by the wisdom that the Father imparted to him through the meditation of the Word. And we know that Jesus, even at 12 years old, grew in wisdom and stature. Even those who were his teachers marveled at the revelation that he had because he meditated. I have more understanding in verse 99 than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the angels because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy Word. Boy, that's Jesus. I have not departed. Make sure to underline this, highlight it, and everything else you could possibly do to it so it stands out to you. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. What a revelation. It's not just the person teaching you. What he's saying is this. I am not departing from your judgments, from the principles of your holy word. I'm not departing from them because man didn't teach me. You taught me. What a testimony. Listen, beloved, many have gone, as I said, from seminar to seminar, from program to program, listening to people teach the Word of God. And they tried the, the message of faith. They went here. They went there. They tried this. They fell. They fell short. They didn't get healed. They didn't get delivered. They didn't get set free. And so they departed from the principles of God's Holy Word. They backed off, departed from the judgments of the Lord Almighty and backed off from operating in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the reason for the failure was it's the Spirit of God that's got to teach us. It's the Spirit of God that's got to quicken it inside of us. It is God by His Spirit who guides us into this revelation truth. When God teaches us by His Spirit, beloved, then we're going to be able to walk in the fullness of the plan and program of God. It's not man doing it. It is God by His Spirit and causing us on the inside to have revelation and understanding and wisdom so we can operate accurately in this law of faith. And if we'll meditate in the Word of God by His Spirit, these truths will be quickened inside our hearts and we'll be successful and we'll be prosperous in what we set out to do. Well, I've got more things to share, but we're not going to be able to get them in tonight. But this is the direction that we are taking in our Sunday night services. We are going to touch this message of faith we're going to look at it from different angles. And beloved, I believe it's going to become vibrant, fresh, anew, renewed inside our spirits. And I believe to see mountains of adversity removed from the lives of the people of God. I believe to see the body of Christ rise up to a level of faith that will just destroy the works of darkness. I believe that. 
I believe to see the glory of God in manifestation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll pick it up here next time. Praise God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.